talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. And we're live. Awesome. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. We're back. We're back. We're missing one. Michelle's on vacation this week, so we hope she's enjoying the Florida sun. She's in my state, but I don't get to see her, which is okay. She's all the way down uh, down south somewhere, so I'm hoping she's enjoying the Key beautiful Largo. we're having. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Key Largo. Yeah. We're just down there. So she gets to relax and just enjoy, hopefully, uh, some Jimmy Buffett margaritas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's too early. Can we have margaritas in solidarity? No. You know, I almost made one today, but <laughs> that would have been fun. Megan has mimosas going in there. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm betting that's my bloody one. Mary. <laughs> well, welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts and. This week, we get to be joined by Angela Schroeder. Thank you so much for joining us, Angela. Thank you guys for having me. I have to say, you were all over my Facebook feed this last week. <laughs> so I was like, in a pinch, like terrible. I'm the worst. I'm always last minute to get my guests. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out and maybe it works out and we can grab her on the show and really find out everything her brain has to offer to the small business world. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. And really excited to get to chat with you more about all things uh, The Courageous Mind, which sounds like we'll be talking a lot about that today based on what I could see in your posts. So um, do you mind just giving our listeners a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks again for having me. Excited to be here. So I have been an entrepreneur since right out of college. So over 25 years, I started a dance studio as my first business. Um, back in Aurora, Nebraska, and got to live out my passion of dance and and teaching and owning a business. Soon after that, I realized most dance studio owners were great at dancing and following their passion, but not necessarily at running a business. So added business consulting, coaching, uh, other dance studio owners. I say before business coaching was a thing. I think it was before the internet. (laughs) So uh, but it was a lot of fun working with the traveling around the country, working with those business owners and help them really do what they do best and become more profitable. So that then launched my passion in helping other people build their businesses. After divorce, number one, gave that life and business away. Um, and in a season of starting over, I drove a pink Cadillac in Mary Kay for seven years and then launched uh, another business doing some business consulting at a different level with businesses that were a little larger and coming in and helping them with processes, people, and getting all of that going. Then um, divorce number two, (laughs) that business went away. And then I was in a place of, okay, now how do I want to, what's next? And what does that look like? And in my third phase of launching, still again, knowing that I really wanted to help people, help other people win. And that's really what I discovered was the common thread of passion is helping other people win, helping people really do what they do best, what their natural strengths are, 
and then figure out coming alongside them doing, um, you know, helping them with the rest. So then launched a business of virtual assistants, um, which went along with that, um, helping them do what they do best and delegate the rest through the use of virtual assistants. At the same time, I fulfilled a lifelong dream and wrote a book that published last year, The Courageous Mind. And it has been a ton of fun getting to launch that into the world and really in the last year doing traveling and speaking about courage and helping people overcome their fears. And newer to this home services space, that's only really in the last couple months, I met Dan Plata at an event. I held a mastermind um, with a friend here in Omaha, and it was more for the home service space. He owns a lawn and land care business and lawn and landscape business. And Dan came to our mastermind and said, hey, I like your energy. I want you to be on my radio show on Turf Step Radio. And so I was on Dan's show and everyone's like, hey, who are you? And got my own show on Turf Step Radio and then started getting invited to speak at in, in this space, just with the message of courage. And it has been crazy whirlwind. Uh, the people I have met are phenomenal. And like you said, you saw me all over. I decided at the last minute to go to Sales Boost because I just keep following open doors and am loving the connections of the people in this space. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, I think I can speak for all three of us. <laughs> I was like, I saw your name everywhere and it was just like, we've got to, we've got to talk to her. She's another powerful, awesome lady and definitely has some great value to bring to the community. Um, and you're I mysterious. Yeah. Like I definitely text Dave Kaminsky. I was like, who's Angela? Who is this girl? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. And now we get to see you and find out who you are and all the things about you. I love it. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Angela. And for those returning listeners or new listeners to the show, my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. I'm also a camp counselor for admin boot camp where we train admins how to better operate in their job on a day-to-day -day basis. And my background is what I love and it is in marketing and have been blessed to be able to launch an Instagram page that I'm kind of become a micro influencer, I guess you can say. Um, I don't like to talk about it too much, but these ladies love to make sure I add these things into my bio. So kind of changing things up a little bit here, but I also love talking with business owners about how to really understand their numbers when it comes to marketing and make better decisions, better adjustments based upon that. So excited to have you on the show, Angela, and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Yeah, awesome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. My passion is educating and empowering small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own a full service accounting firm called Likes Accounting Company, and I own a window cleaning gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California, and a slew of other things that have been <laughs> percolating lately, but I, I will keep it to those primary three. Um, and I, I love being here and I love meeting new people. And Angela, I love this idea that you've had a passion of helping people do what they love. And I think that's, I think that's so important. And the Mary Kay car, we had another guest recently, uh, Susan Best, who was a Mary Kay consultant. And so uh, I love the hustle of that. And I love the sales strategy of that. And I, I just love the history of that organization. So very cool that you shared that. And we're happy to have you. Thank you. 
And my name is Martha Woodward. I used to own a maid service for about 13 years, and I co-founded Quality Driven Software, which is an employee performance tracking software. And just like talking about culture, but I'm very intrigued by today's subject, so it'll be fun. Um, and I guess, Tay, I'll let you officially start us off. You got it. Awesome. So I get to steal you first, Angela. And um, we are going to talk a little bit about marketing. And what I want to talk about in marketing is more of the, we're kind of going to focus like on the business owner a little bit and where they do get that courage to launch themselves into building a marketing plan. Because that I always feel like gets business owners stuck. Um, it's something that I've talked about in the show a few times and they don't really know where to go. They don't really know how to navigate that side of the business world. Cause it's, everyone always jokes and Megan says all the time, marketing's the fun, the sexy, the colorful side of business. But yeah. when you really get into it, it's, it is a lot of logistics and a lot of numbers and a lot of things that can scare a business owner. So kind of when you are stepping into helping business owners kind of start to grow that side of their business, what's really your first step in really talking to them about marketing? Where does that begin? Yeah. Um, like you said, there's so many components to it and components that people don't understand. And marketing is something, as we all know, that is changing so quickly and probably more quickly right now because of AI than at any other time, right? Marketing Absolutely. has changed along the ways of my first business. There really was not internet and I advertised in the newspaper and the yellow pages. They <laughs> probably yellow pages and newspaper. <laughs> I feel like that's um, our, first, our first marketing back, you know, 15, not even that long ago. I mean, we're talking like 15, 18 years ago is like really when we were operating in that. That's We act like it's like forever ago, but it's not. <laughs> Uh, now it's changing, though, at lightning speed, right? Because of AI, um, trying to understand and beat the algorithms in Google and, and social media and everything, even the experts are having a hard time keeping up. So I think it's more important than ever to really partner with someone to find the marketing expert that you trust. Um not just hiring a, a marketing company that says, hey, we do this, uh, but finding a real partner that you can align with that you don't have to worry about that. Um, I think a lot of people had business owners um, maybe thought they had that creative, fun, like marketing sexy, like you said. Yeah. Um, and they are like, oh, I'm a creator. This is my opportunity as a business owner to be in some creative space and control my marketing a little, right? And spent too much time in it um, and aren't doing things that are effective. Absolutely. So uh, that's what I talk to business owners about. Like you can spend all the time in the world creating your pretty posts. And unless you know what you're doing, those awesome social media posts, that amazing website, it's like putting a billboard out in the desert because unless you know what you're doing, no one is going to see it. So, you know, stressing the importance of finding a partner that is going, that you trust, a marketing partner that you trust that is going to be studying and doing the right things. And then that that partner is transparent in that you can really see, again, with technology, you can see the results. You can see directly 
what this social media marketing, how many um, hits it's driving to your website. If they're not really honest and transparent about that marketing funnel, what you're doing at the top and how they're driving people all the way through it, then that's a problem as well. So absolutely. There's a few key things that you said that I want to touch back on. And the first one is it a lot of business owners do love marketing. Like you said, it's it is their opportunity to be creative and to be, you know, just let loose and not worry about the like stressful side of business, I guess you can say. But marketing can be just just as stressful and just as, you know, detail oriented as other parts of the business. And if we're not doing it properly, like you said, then we are wasting time and energy in a space that could be handed off to an expert and really be able to handle that a lot further and better. You know, a good point, like you said, is spending a ton of time on a post that, you know, we're looking for the perfect image. And I tell our admins all the time what I'm, I'm teaching them in, about social media. It's not necessarily about the perfect image. It's about consistency. It's about building that brand relationship with your clientele in that social world. So it's, it is tough to see sometimes, and some business owners are great at it. And I will absolutely give them pat on the back every time because they understand that side of it. But if it's not your strength, Angela's completely right. We need to get you an expert. We need to get you with someone that you can partner with. And that's the key term that I love that you use is a partnership goes a lot further than just hiring a marketing company, right? A partnership means communication. It means clear uh, guidelines and understanding as to what your goals are for the marketing side of things. And then we're able to track and, and make adjustments and see the improvement, as Angela said, through that funnel. If we're not tracking it and understanding it, you're wasting your time at that point. I always tell people, if you can't see what your marketing company is doing and they're not giving you feedback and like a dashboard or something that you can visibly look at the numbers, even if you don't understand it, but that transparency is so important. So that way you can see as a business owner exactly what's going on. And you're not thinking you're living in a world of like wizard of Oz and magic is just happening. Like we can't, we can't think that way with marketing. It is something that is very goal oriented and driven and does have tasks to get to those points. So that's honestly, all of those things are very important. And when it does come to marketing, what's kind of been your favorite in the recent kind of months that you've seen with the changes? I know a lot of people, some people like love reels and love kind of the short video content format. Some people still really love sticking with traditional formats like email marketing and doing newsletters and really touching with their audience that way. Is there anything you've seen that's really been able to kind of change your perspective on marketing or something you've tried or anything along those lines that you've really liked in the you know past year or so? Yeah, I like what you've pointed out of like as real started becoming important and the live video um, more and more important, right? And live video, I would say I love it. I love seeing the authentic side of people. So um, you know, in this era of chat GBP and Jasper and, and all the AI that just takes somebody else's content, mix it up a little and make it your own, you can't do that with video. So uh, the importance of video, you know, and reels were really important and now they're becoming mixed and less important. But the importance, I, I love seeing the authenticity in people and the live videos are something you cannot fake. So... I think that is, is powerful, whether you're doing, you know, Facebook lives or you're creating videos and you're talking in your stories all the time. It is a way people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And it is a way to connect with your audience 
and be authentic and they know it's really you and your voice. I love that. And that actually ties into a question I wanted to wrap up with, which is being courageous in that video space. And it's funny that JC hopped on. Good morning, JC. I had a drag on him. Go ahead. He just launched, I know Megan's done this before too. It's, you know, he's doing 30 days of live videos on Facebook. Um, And he just announced he booked out his whole schedule of friends and guests that are going to be joining him. So that's something that's really exciting. Um, How do you, as you know, I want to take you into kind of your courageous mind mindset here. Mm -hmm. How does someone prepare for that? Because I know it, I, it takes a lot of effort in the morning for me to get ready to get on this show, even though we've been doing it for three years, it's still something that terrifies me. And I'm sure most people would be shocked to hear that because we've been doing it for so long, but it, it does take a lot of just, you know, self-preparation and self-awareness to be able to get to this point. So how, what's kind of your recommendation in getting, you know, courageous in that space? Because it is something that a lot of people need to start doing. Yes. And <laughs> it is courageous. Like you said, I'm glad you addressed that. It is still like that for me, getting on camera, like, oh, outside the comfort zone. <laughs> And like you said, getting ready. I was even that this morning. I mean, I get ready and out in the world, but there's something else about being on live camera. Like, oh, I have to like bring it. So today's the day I have to bring it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be out there in front of the world. And it, it that does still take something. And uh, yay to JC, like going live on Facebook unrehearsed and committing to doing it every single day. That is a big And I know it's not something he was comfortable with in the beginning, day one. And you can already see, like, I can't imagine at the end of the month when you just make that commitment and say you're going to do it and how much more natural it becomes every day, because it isn't easy the first day. Um, But that's like so many things taking the first step. And when he told everyone he was doing it for 30 days, there was no goal. Oh, I think we lost her a little bit there. Is it me? It could be me too. Mind back, right? Or step that you have to take. Committed to. We lost you a little bit there. So do you want to kind of circle back? back? Yes. Okay. Where did you lose me? Anyway, you at, he, once you're committing to 30 days and then okay. kind of like going into that. So then it's only the one step of courage, right? And then you've committed to showing up. Um. Also, like I said, it's still big for me. Um, and my podcast, just like yours is live. There's something different about live than recorded video. Um, but so many times when you do the recorded video, we spend so much time editing it. Right. And like 30 days later, I still don't like what that looks like. The other thing I would say is the value of feedback. So when I started my live radio show, getting feedback, because it comes across two different ways. So if people are listening on the radio or they're watching the Facebook group, being conscious of what what that sounds like on the radio and then the eye contact and the things that people are seeing. And I am blessed to have an amazing circle that all these people in the home services space just like rally and they're like, do you want some feedback? And I'm telling you, I said, I was like, those first couple of weeks weren't easy. Them digesting and dissecting every single move of how many times did you touch your hair? 
I would go up to the right or say this or change the tone or sound like that, you know, you were natural and then your question was rehearsed. So, but it makes you a better person. So if you really want to commit to that live, I would also commit to, you know, doing those videos, the value of getting feedback because it makes your message so much more powerful. Awesome. Well, this was a fantastic little segment. So I appreciate you taking some time with me, Angela. I get to pass you off to Megan now so you guys can chat a little bit more about finances. People would say like, Megan, stop wiggling because I just was very wiggly. Uh, <laughs> and some people said they couldn't stand watching it, but they just wanted to listen to it because I was too wiggly. Um, so yeah, I, I love this idea of courage. Um, I have three options for us to talk about in the money segment today. Um, I just finished a talk last night, uh, for the admin bootcamp. We have a membership program where we coach, well, we don't really coach. We, we train, let's say we train admins so they can come to us and they can learn and they can get their continuing education and they have community. And so my theme is this month and I chose, um, time is money as my theme. And we're going to be talking about prioritizing our time because I think as admins, particularly they get pulled in a million different directions and you happen to have a VA business. So I thought we could talk a little bit about how like as owners, uh, oh, I mean, I have a lot we could talk about on this one, but I don't want to bias us. Um, but as owners, you know, we really should be leveraging our time a little bit better and thinking about where we should be spending those hours, those minutes. Um, or we could talk about, you said you traveled the nation helping businesses build profitability and build more successful companies. And I feel like one of the nice things about working in other industries is we can learn from them. So that might be a really nice insight for our listeners to hear like, what were your favorite hacks or what were your favorite turnarounds or what were your favorite like things that you implemented to do um, last month in my membership program uh, called Profits to Freedom? I gave a talk on recession proofing and I, I'm really kind of getting preachy about like if you're not profitable, you're not going to survive this next year. So we've got to get it turned around. We've got to get it fixed like yesterday. Um, so we could talk about that or we could talk about courage. Like I don't think we talk about courage very often. Um, I don't find myself to be a particularly brave person. I'm a pretty fearful person. And so like getting like a little nudge. Oh, Martha came off mute, which means she's going to talk um, about courage. Save that for me. Okay, perfect. Okay. That's off the table. So favorite profit <laughs> hacks or time is money. Um, okay. Kind of, we'll kind of swirl them both in. Okay, you, this is very you common. You can't have time guests. to have we're profit like, hacks. Both. <laughs> Unless you're using your time wisely. So uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of run with that. Okay. So yes, I love helping business owners in what I call unique genius. So the courageous mind is more, and I still have that on there, um, my book and speaking part of my business. And then unique genius virtual assistance is that side of the business. And I talk a lot in speaking as well about really analyzing how much time you as a business owner spend in your unique genius. And I think that encompasses three things, working in your strengths, your God-given talents, your natural abilities, things that set your soul on fire that you absolutely love doing that don't drain you, and things that align with your mission, vision, and get you closer to your goals. And so with business owners, I have them go through an exercise initially and then constantly doing it that is keeping track of every single thing that you're doing during the day and going through highlighting and circling. Does it fit all of those buckets? 
And if it's not all of those things, then even if you're really good at doing it and it's getting you closer to your goals, if it's sucking the life out of you, it's probably not something you should be doing either. So then how can we go from there and then delegate the rest? Because so many people think that delegating the admin parts of their business should look the same for everyone. And it's not because everyone has different strengths. And so what your admin does, some of it's the same in a business, but a lot of it is unique to you. And then I love what you said, like admins too. I love that you have a boot camp for admins because they all need to be more intentional with their time. So many times we are dumping to admins as business owners. We're just dumping it all and like, you go deal with it. But they also need to analyze like everyone in your company do the unique genius exercise. Are they operating in their unique genius? Are they using their time as an admin most effectively? Or do they need to be using AI or have some somebody else do that? I love that. I have my, um, at my accounting firm, I have my leadership team in a program called Bergflow. And Bergflow talks about like how they're building up leaders and they do weekly trainings. And I was in a meeting yesterday and they're like, Megan, you're not spending enough time in your 20%. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, you're not speaking English. What does that even mean? And they're like, Megan, because we basically, we did a time audit yesterday based on the org chart, which is very healthy exercise and kind of inspired today's class. So if you've not done this, Angela just said, do a time audit. And, and for me, what I'm realizing is the people that report to me because I dump so badly and because I'm terrible at prioritizing, like they have a hard time juggling. They're like, okay, Megan mm -hmm. wants me to be in 12 places at once. And they're stressed out because... I want them. I mean, I'm in 12 places at once. What's wrong with you? Can you do it? Like, keep up. Let's go. So we we did this org chart time analysis. And at the very end, I was like, well, I want to do mine. And when I was done, that's what they said. They said, Megan, this is all I I am currently scheduled for 42.5 hours a week of meetings. That is what my calendar looks like. 42.5 hours every week of meetings. That is like the standard. <laughs> and then they come back and they're like, what about your 20%? So I think what they're saying, what you're saying is your genius zone, right? What are the things that are uniquely you? What are the things that only you can do? And what are the things that you should be doing in your company, in your life? Uh, I'm going through this right now in my marriage because my husband is gone. And um, I'm thinking so much about like, why does he... I can't believe all the things my husband does. He's amazing. And why haven't we outsourced more of it so he doesn't have to do it? Um, and also so he can be away and it gets done still. Um but I think that I think that we could think about this like as as individuals, like how do we spend our time and then uh, how should we be spending our time? So do you do you relate to that 20 percent? Is that kind of what you talk about with the unique genius zone? Is there like it should be a small fraction, but the most impactful, right? Yes. And you don't have time to do the rest of the things like we were saying um, that 20 percent, but then to work on your business to analyze that profitability, to find a partner, to find someone, to work with a coach, to take a look at what's going on in your business. If you are constantly doing all these things, you do not have near enough time for three things, I think. One, to live in creativity and curiosity. Um, if you're bogged down, you don't have that time. And that's important for every business owner to have enough free space in their head and in their schedule for creativity and curiosity. Um, and that's not looking at the numbers. That's just using your natural talents of being a visionary. 
And then two, take a look at your numbers. Get a coach if you're not the person of taking a look at like, what am I not seeing here? And that was the advantage in going around and traveling around the country. Um, and it was a different industry, but I could take a more bird's eye view and look and see. Um, and in a dance studio, a lot of it was space. Like, why do you have an office? Rip out that office. Um, so this is a unique dance studio one because it's just kind of funny, right? I, the worst clients in the world are dance moms. <laughs> And so when I, I always, my biggest hack was rip out that office. Number one, if you have an office, it is a space for the crazy dance mom to come and talk to you. If you don't have an office, she has to say whatever she has to say in front of everyone. <laughs> and then secondly, that office is any square foot in a dance studio. You need to have a body and every hour that you can have a body in that square foot is money. And so that's one of the things like maximizing. So I kind of love how that comes perfect circle. Um, I actually coach several fitness studios, which aren't exactly dance studios and we don't have the dance mom thing, yeah. but I, it's a weird niche of mine. And, um, I learned something many years ago that actually found is the reason I found a bookkeeping Academy that yoga studios make their most money from teacher training. They don't make their most money from yoga classes. And it has to do with the square footage and it has to do with, if you think about it, like I, I help, I help a bunch of fitness studios, but they're limited to this size space. And like Angela just said, only this many people can fit in that space. And then if you think about those people, they only want to work out at certain times of the day. So there's like four peak hours of workouts that can happen, but you've got a space that's available for like 12 or 16 hours, right? So how do you optimize those other hours to be revenue generating when your people that you're trying to attract are limited in seats and they don't want to work out at like two in the afternoon or 11 in the morning or 9 p.m. at night? I mean, sometimes I had a yoga studio that had a very cool like hip hop happy hour class at 9 p.m. on a Friday. And that class like sold out like weeks in advance. It was very cool. But, you know, you got to get really creative. So when we think about our window cleaning business or when we think about our home service, we have the exact same problem. It's just not as obvious because it's not physical space. It's space on our calendar. Are we optimizing the capacity on our calendar? Are we optimizing those minutes with our staffing, right? Are we putting the right people on the right job for the right amount of time and then leaving space for other people to fill that calendar. So capacity planning is very real in home service too. And I love it. And that's a good reminder about this like visual of like the dance studio only has this much space. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it goes back to our VA time-saving hacks. Um, for me, one of the biggest things this year was my EA needed a VA because she just, there was too much, right? Like she just was overextended, mm -hmm. right? I just kept giving her more tasks and I, I expect everybody to run at 110%, right? I just, that's how I run. That's what I think. And when they say they're bogged down in meetings, I'm like, well, I don't get what the problem is. <laughs> so um, do you have any other tips for like, if somebody's like, I've never hired a VA before, that seems really scary to me. They're going to be like, I'm sure you get this a lot. They're going to be a foreigner. They're going to be a stranger. They're going to be weird. They're not going to be part of my culture. Like, how do we get over that hurdle? Um, what's your favorite, I like you did your assessment, but what's the next step for hiring a VA to kind of offload some of our tasks? I think it is working with, with someone that can help you, that you as a business owner need someone that stays with you as a coach in working with your VA. So many people hire one 
They don't do it the right way. They don't get a personality match. They don't get a um, pace of play match. And you and I had this conversation. We got the opportunity to sit at the same table, Megan. Like we have a style. Um, the Steve Jobs. Every time I see her, I'm like, she's me. We're the same. We wear all black. We have black nail polish. <laughs> we we talk fast. We smile a lot. We are the same. Yes. And we want we want to just people to figure it out. So we were talking about like, what would our team be frustrated about? And so it's important to hire somebody that is a match, right? Some business owners lay it all out. Here's the plan. I want you to follow the plan, my plan, and are more doers. You and I need people that like, I hired, I hire smart people so they can figure out what to do. I want you to just figure out what to do. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I, here's a broad explanation of the solution that we need and problem solve. So it's one, you have to have that right match, right? Otherwise it's super frustrating. So getting the right match of a person that can come along and I call that pace of play, that it is a person that is okay with your energy and the way that you offload tasks and then really tightening up and strengthening that communication. You mentioned how do they fit into my culture? Something different that we do at our company is they are always a part. I mean, they, they are yours. And they are part of your company. And I help and coach you how to make them feel part of your team and company. But they also always stay a part of ours. So we have huddles and personal development. And they're together with other people that are doing the same thing working at home. So it provides that strong sense of culture and loyalty. And then they also have a support system, which, like I said, I'm obsessed with this admin boot camp that you have. <laughs> like helping helping those people be better so that they can help each other be better and have resources to constantly get better themselves. I love that. I love that. Um, Martha and I hired our first VAs together four years ago, three years ago. It's been a couple of years. And uh, we we had this epiphany together. Like we, we were doing this separately, but together. And we were like, they're, they're on our team, even though they're over there, they're, they're on our team. And like Martha had paper performance built in with her VAs within like a week. Uh, and she was motivating them, even though they were hired through an agency. And I, I feel like I had a, a mini moment where I was like, well, they're an offshore team. That's going to feel different. And then, and then it just, that lasted for like two seconds. And now it's like, no, they are part of my team. They are part of our team. They're on our team. Yeah. And, um, and that feels so good to be supported by, um, we, we had a VA that we worked with for like two years, two and a half years. And she passed away actually. And ah. this serious loss, like this huge grief. And we're like, we've never met this person. Like there was this deep connection. I still think about Vanessa regularly and miss her. Um, and, Aww. and we had built a team in the Philippines that they like, then we, they were grieving. Right. And it, so it was, uh, it's, it's a, it's a hard hurdle, I think, to overcome to say, I need help. And this is a, this is a solution that I'm willing to entertain to help me. Um, but I will say that it has really helped me and my team leverage our time. And it has really enriched our culture here, um, locally by adding offshore support because like they celebrate birthdays in the Philippines, like big, and they love Christmas and 13th month bonuses. Like we have inherited a lot of these very cool Filipino traditions by working with an offshore team in the Philippines. So yeah. 
Um, I think that was, I think we hit it. I think we hit profit hacks, like looking at your capacity, like what is your ability to generate revenue? Um, looking at your own time, there was a book called double your profits. And it was this cute little short book and it had like a hundred chapters and every chapter was a profit hack. And my favorite chapter in it was this, that like every day your top three things need to be revenue generating, like income producing. And like, mm -hmm. if you can do that mindset shift, then you can fix the money of your company. Um, I loved that. And uh, also the setting your soul on fire. I feel like people don't really talk about that much. Uh, but if you're getting de-energized by your work, your team's going to feel it. Your clients are going to feel it. Your business is going to feel it. So finding energy in your calendar and in your day-to-day -day is very cool. Um, and I'm going to revisit my calendar as a result of this discussion <laughs> again, <laughs> yet again. <laughs> and uh, we're going to pass it to Martha and hopefully you're going to talk about some courage or I, or people or cool. I don't know. She always has something cool to talk about. I'm going to be quiet. Uh, Megan, she talked about how she likes to work all the time and blah, blah, blah. And it's hilarious because if somebody is unavailable because they've carved out personal time, it's, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I mean, they don't work on Friday or whatever. He's talking and about like, Dom, by you know, the record, and it still baffles me. Dom would not meet with me on a Friday. I'm like, why not? It's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever read the four-hour work week, Megan? Yeah, <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so, courage... I, it can come out of anywhere, but I really can't imagine, um, I'm in a group called Girls Love Travel, and there's like millions of people in there, and I read these stories now and then of people who like went through a divorce or some kind of abusive situation or just something that was life altering and it's you know they might sell all their stuff and quit their job and then go travel the world for a year and i'm i'm so inspired by i mean i'm not going to do that but um it's just big life events do make or break you literally right i mean yeah. yes. they make you either get courageous and take action or sink down into you know depression or whatever um so let's talk about that like i mean obviously this has been a big part of your life and when you write a book about something it's it's all consuming for you so let's talk about like how you had to make the decision to be courageous and what you've learned along the way that would help somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so I chose the title of the book. I mean, that word just kept coming back to me of from the people that I knew, my own story mm -hmm. of businesses and then other business owners that I knew, like what was the thing that separated people from good, great, mm -hmm. to really great, mm -hmm. right? There's all kinds of business owners and some people are in business and, and want to be a business owner and they're always happy right here. Mm -hmm. And what is the difference? 
in people that are the most successful. Uh-oh. Did I pause again? Yeah. Yep, now you're back. But that courage to overcome, whether it be a big life event personally or something in your business, you know, things happen in business as well that are big failures. And for me, um, yeah, it was you know, overcome two abusive marriages. But the hard part of that in both of them was leaving businesses behind of like, I know I can't like, I literally can't survive this anymore and just leaving everything and the courage to completely start from nothing. Again, I start, you know, there's all the multi-millions that I built and now I'm going to restart over and the courage to restart. The thing that in the seasons of how did I bounce back that first time, somehow I just bounced right back. Like, okay, I have absolutely nothing. I'm not going to go to work for somebody. So here we go. How fast could I earn some money in a free car in Mary Kay? The thing that I've noticed in this season is a different type of courage than I wrote about in the book, um, that that was just like your natural, like harnessing that champion within and the willingness to run into the fire and that, you know, successful entrepreneurs. And I see that in all of you just run, you know, think about running into the fire. You're just like, here we go. Armor mm. up. Um, but the importance of like when you said from failure to come back to restart, what I value so much now, and I could have never imagined like the amazing community in this home service space, but how important that tight, having a tight knit community mm -hmm. is of having that support system and people that are not only elevators of your mindset, you know, that people that you're around that elevate your mindset that make you think a new thought. I was saying, sitting at the table with Megan, I was like, oh, 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 now I've been getting even bigger and crazier. But that's how I thought of it before. The people I surround myself with make me courageous because they elevate my mind and make me dream bigger. But now I have learned the importance of that community as a safe space to be vulnerable. That when things aren't going okay in your business or in your personal life, a lot of times as a business owner, it is not a safe place, even no matter how awesome your relationship is with your partner or your spouse or your family. They're not necessarily the safe space to share what's going on, to share your big dream, but to also share your insecurities because they're not on that level of that dream. So the importance of having that community that has your back, that you can have conversations about what you're scared of, how you can get over them. You can have vulnerable conversations about things that aren't going correctly. And that determines, I think is the biggest determiner of your bounce back ability. Because if you have a strong tribe around you, and everything goes wrong in your business or your life, they're going to make sure you bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and I think that for a lot of like a lot of the high level entrepreneurs, they have learned along the way that failure is actually a good thing. You know, I think, when you stay at one place, you tend to not want to push the limits for fear of failure. 
And those people who really go after it, you know, they, they know that there's value in learning what not to do. So it's, uh, there's current, you know, there's acts of courage everywhere. And it's very intriguing to me to watch people and, and see that. And along your lines of, uh, coaching all these different industries, you know, I've said it before, I love, love being around people from other industries. Like when I owned the maid service, I really, after a certain point, it wasn't that I didn't still love my maid service owner community, but I needed more because these other industries, you know, they approach things different ways. And if you only learn from one kind of subset of people, then you're going to do things the way they've always been done. You know, it's, I think that you really get locked in and you operate your business probably I, I see it a lot where you're operating your business like, well, it seems like most people do such and such. And in uh, like when you were talking about the space and uh, maximizing that space for revenue and uh, all that, it was because of a certain type of business that made you really think that way, you know, um, whereas those of us who have an office, I had an office and we used that. We had like 1700 square feet and we used the 1700 square feet, maybe an hour a day, you know? And, uh, but it wasn't till the very end that I thought that way. So I could have learned that lesson a lot earlier on. So Anyway, um, well, is anything else you want to say before I pass that back to Tay? Because we're going to start some homework. Oh, homework. (laughs) (laughs) I love your reflections about how you absolutely can learn from other people. There Mm -hmm. are, um, it just reminds me of that. I think there's two types of business coaches as well, or sometimes different seasons that you need coaches. And all of the things that you guys talk about and align with people, um, like sometimes you need a, a coach that's a blueprint coach, or that mm-hmm. you need a conference that's in your industry that is like, here is the blueprint. This is how I was successful and I'm gonna help you. Here's the blueprint so you don't have to create it yourself. Here's the things that I failed at, don't try those. Those don't work. <laughs> Let me yeah. save you with the mistakes I made and the efficiencies and processes. And here's the blueprint. Run with it. And then there's the mindset coach. And that doesn't necessarily have to be in your business or it can be masterminds of people that aren't in your business. And that is just all about your head, right? It's mm-hmm. all about that courage of what fear is holding you back. What are you unwilling to do? Are you unwilling to look at your calendar? Are you unwilling to look at the way you offload things? Um, and yeah, are you insecure? What insecurity is going on in there that makes you not willing to go on camera and be live? Mm-hmm. And so a coach to work through and identify or, or with groups or with a mentor that is 
really diving deep at what things that you're not willing to look at yourself. And that's, that's different. Like I said, that the two types of courage that I talk about too go along with the two types of that business thing. If the courage just to run into the fire and do big things in your business or the courage to be like, I need to take a look at myself. What have I not healed within myself? Um, what do I need to do so that I stop having triggers and I'm not a good leader to the people that I'm with? Right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, okay. Tay, you want to start us with yeah. the homework? You've got it. So Angela, you're more than welcome to give some homework here once we go through our three. Um, but for our listeners, this is about to be three to four pieces of homework here. And that is a lot to do within one week. We ask you just to be very intentional and choose a piece of homework that spoke to you this week. Choose something that is something you needed to do, something you need to get done and kind of maybe have been avoiding. Um, and you need to you know, get that courage to get that completed and move forward. And that way you are moving the needle forward in your business. So as far as marketing homework goes, um, I challenge you to take a look at your marketing this week. And how much is really on your plate as the business owner? Because depending on the size of the company, depending on um, how much you personally love marketing as a business owner, you could have a lot of that on your plate right now. And it might not be operating efficiently, right? We could just be operating at a very standard basis where instead we could be operating at a higher level by bringing in a marketing partner and someone that can really guide you as an expert or fully hand that off to an expert. So I challenge you to take a look at that this week, how much is on your plate and how can you bring in an expert to really offload that fully or even help guide you in what you're currently doing for the marketing side. I was listening and I was like, <laughs> wait, I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? I'm taking notes over here. Uh, oh boy, you caught me. Uh, okay, so we were talking about I want I so I took this class from Sid Graff, who is in our mastermind group, um, which we're all in a mastermind group called Business Bourbon and Bullshit. Oh wait, no, I lied. What's it called? Amp. Amp. That's right. Okay, yeah. I like the old name better. I I didn't say that. I Amp. Whatever. But we get in a room where we get to be vulnerable, like Angela was talking about, and we get to be with people who are going through similar struggles, and we are like networking with people who are in different industries. Martha, you did not plug, but the QDS conference, I think that's one of my favorite things about it is that it is multiple industries. It's not, it's not a maid service conference. It's not a lawn care conference. It's not a right. window cleaning conference. Um, and our window cleaning company has really benefited from going to QDS and hanging out with maid service owners because that's what's brought our language around maintaining clean and keeping clean, clean in our window cleaning business. Sorry, tangent. Um, but one of the things that I, when I, there's a train, sorry. Uh, when I first met Sid Graff, he was speaking at the huge convention, another good conference. And he, um, I think his topic was the $10,000 hour. And he basically had us figure out how are we spending our time? And he had us put it in different columns. Is that a $10 task, a $100 task, a $1,000 task, or a $10,000 task? Mm -hmm. And I haven't done that exercise in a while. So I think that's what I'm going to do as my homework this week. And I'm going to challenge you all to do the same. Um, it's not just a delegation 
task. It's not just an awareness of how we're spending our time, but it's also thinking about the value of our time. So if, if we all only have, let's say 10 working hours a day, or let's say, you know, 2080 working hours a year, you know, are we getting the most bang for our buck in terms of those hours? Are we really leveraging our time the best way? And then if you want to get extra credit bonus points, you can kind of put Angela's filter on top of that. When we look at those lists of tasks and you've decided which column of dollars per hour it is, then maybe add extra columns to say, is it in your strength zone? Does it set your soul on fire? And does it align with your mission, vision, and goals? Um, I think if we could be more intentional with our time in those ways, uh, we can really deliver some epic results. So I'm going to do my own homework this week, I promise. And uh, that is very little to do with money, except for the fact that time is money. And to me, in my world, it is the most precious resource I have. So. Um, I was waiting for Michelle. <laughs> Michelle's not here. Uh, okay. So my homework is going to be, and I think I've given this homework once before, but I want you to expose yourself to other industries, other types of businesses. And that goes along the lines of being courageous because it is courageous that you're probably going to have to start it yourself. You're going to have to reach out to other industries and and you might do it where you reach out to people who can kind of cross refer to each other you could start with that or you could just pick go to the conference you know, random <laughs> businesses um and then i'm going to add that you should set this up on a regular basis and then add the jc part where they do a, um, they meet, business owners meet for lunch and they have said, you know, each person is going to tip their regular amount plus an extra, I don't remember the amount, like an extra $50 or something like that. So you can do, you know, accomplish two things, get outside your little box and learn from new people and be philanthropic at the same time. So that's your homework. And then Angela, what homework would you like to give them? Yay. Well, it's great because um, Megan, you already offered the unique genius exercise and that is on my website. If anyone like wants to look at that and remember the components of it, of how to do it. So now I get to do one that is more about courage. Um, I have a couple courage questions as homework, but I would say the first homework is register for your conference. <laughs> um, because the importance of showing up, like I just came off that experience where you guys all saw that I was at sales boost. Yeah. I was on a three month of travel of places that I had suddenly planned to be in the home service space. Like I just landed from speaking at Clipicon, um, had nothing to do with that, but knew all these amazing people were going to be there. And I just thought I was supposed to show up and have those conversations and I can't imagine having not been there, right? It's nothing in my industry or, but just the conversations. Yes, I took things from the speakers, uh, but the most powerful things were breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah. conversations in the hallway, in between. And those relationships and connections 
change your life. So that's my first challenge, register and show up because the people you spend time with will exponentially grow your mindset, your business, and your life in the next year. Um, my questions of courage, and I, like I said, I could not be more passionate about that. Just show up. <laughs> and the questions about courage of what have you been unwilling to see? That's a deep one. But what have you been unwilling to see within your business or within yourself? Sometimes we know the numbers are wonky and we're just not willing to look at them. Right, Megan? <laughs> we just don't want to look at those numbers. Head in the sand. Oh, we just lost it again. Uh-oh. Oh. What have you been unwilling to see within your business and yourself? And Yes. Am I back yet or no? You're back. You're yeah. back. Okay. <laughs> what fear, the last one, is what fear is holding you back? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I love that question of like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Or I often will tell myself, like, it's only going to have to take 30 seconds of bravery. I saw that in a movie once. And I think about yeah. that a lot. Like, I just have to be brave for 30 seconds. And then, and usually it's a text message. People say I send the weirdest text messages, but it's for that reason. Because I got brave and I pressed send, even <laughs> though I probably should have talked myself out of it. But I sent it anyway. Um, <laughs> so what fear is holding you back? Love it. All good. right. Well, Angela, if a listener of the show wants to get in touch with you, wants to reach out, find a little bit more about, you know, the greatest mind or the unique genius, what would be the best way for them to get into contact with you? Yes. Yeah, so I think, Martha, I don't know if it's just in a private chat or if you posted it in yeah. the comments, my link tree, which has links to everything, or um, thecourageousmind.com has all of that information as well. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and it looks like we've dropped that here in the comments. Um, if you guys want to go ahead, there we go. The link tree is posted here as well. And then um, I guess I'm going to fill in from Shell today. I found a quote to end oh, I was just with. Good for you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and it works out perfect. So um, it's by Brene Brown. And it says that courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen which I think really ties into a lot of what we spoke about today. So thank you so much, Angela, for joining us. This was a fantastic show and absolutely loved having you on. And definitely I think we'll be seeing you around more in the speaking circuit here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sure. in New Orleans. Maybe you're going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrating so. my birthday. Come. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you already invited me to the birthday party. So happy yes. to <laughs> There's right. We'd love to have you. He's going to sell this thing out and I'm going to be sad. But yes, come. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys all there.